What's up and welcome to another episode of the Polluted Minds podcast. I did not prepare an intro. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I have an amazing guest. She's an amazing actress. We worked together a couple of times. We've known each other for a long time. And her name is Kristen Rakes. Hello. Hello. I'm glad you came over to do this. I'm glad I did too. Insert intro here. That's what? Insert intro here. I think yeah. you did it. I know. No, I did my, I, I think I did a really good intro. So I you, think so too. Um, as I said, I'm, I didn't prepare anything for this. So we would just shoot the shit. Is that who we you We are say? shit shooters. Shit shooters. Shit shooters for life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a dope band name. Yeah, I, 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 I listened to that. The shit shooters? Yeah. Yeah. How would you explain, your, uh, introduce yourself to somebody who doesn't know you and what you do? Um, I would probably not say anything about what I do. No, you would just be like, I'm Kristen, I exist. Yeah, and I, because I find, I mean, I care about what people do, but like, is it the number one way to say who you are? I think it's interesting. Like, I think about this a lot with dating apps because you're always trying to tell people quickly and succinctly who you are. Right. And so there's all these different, and they try to do it different ways on different dating apps about like how you tell people that. So who are you? Um, there's that question. Mm -hmm. This is the Polluted Minds dating app. Insert bio here. <laughs> I mean, at least it, it it feels like a place where people would be more honest. So right? it'd be like My mind is polluted with insert. Yeah. Here. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. That is a great idea. My mind is polluted with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, not as we are we are <laughs> living in a post Brad Pitt world, so it's not Oh, we as definitely much. gotta talk about that. Too. Yeah. I'm a person who's met almost everyone on my hall pass list. Damn. That's a that's an intense thing. Yeah. But that's not who you are. It's not who I am. I am a person who cares a lot about Oh, I actually had to write I had to write a writer bio the other day. Oh, really? Um as not eloquent as I sound right now. I did have to do this. And I said something about um I've moved around enough that home is I don't have a specific place to call home uh -huh. so I have to find those disparate elements wherever I am. Oh, I'm so right there with you. Yeah, and then and then I love to research history, especially ancient history to figure out what is what are the things that are uniting us mm -hmm. because there's a lot of wisdom to be gained from the things that we've always thought and the things that we've always done. Mm -hmm. Um so those are the things that I really care about and and how to apply that to today so hopefully we don't make as many stupid decisions i so did you meet larry i don't know the guy that is that played the dad and uh, i don't remember if i met he's very familiar i don't know if i met him or just saw him in your um things. so i ha did an episode with him which was very interesting and he was like we all learn the same things throughout life just at different like paces or and so that was interesting to me you know and that's what i don't know made me think of that when you talk about history because like we still make so many dumb fucking mistakes, yeah. even though it's been done before. And, yeah. and we're like, oh, this time it's going to be different. No, it's not. It's no, just going to be not. worse, probably. <laughs> That's the only difference. Yeah. I don't know. But it's what you said about like you, you move around enough, but you like, do you feel LA, uh, LA is your home? I had, okay, so yesterday mm -hmm. I had a moment where I was driving home and I was in downtown. And the sky was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of an Albuquerque right. um, sunset. Yeah. And I said something in my head about going home. And my brain like skitzed for a second because it was like, which home are we talking about? Right. Because all of them are kind of tied together mm -hmm. at the moment. But it really was a time where um, I was like, it's okay to let yourself say that LA is home. Yeah, for sure. Because I've been wanting to leave, but... Mm. It's also been LA. I think um, it tries really hard to kick you out for a while, and then mm -hmm. somehow you it stops doing that mm -hmm. and 
I tried to leave and it actually made me stay. And in Albuquerque, you definitely makes you stay. But mm -hmm. like LA, I was just so used to trying to kick me out. So mm -hmm. when it started like wrapping its arms around me, yeah, silly, yeah. that sounded like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, no, I, I have that too, because like, I, I do think I belong here, but I don't have like a base like everybody else does. But also I don't you have think everybody that. Everybody has a, a base. A ba like, let's say like whatever, a spouse, family, or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no matter where I'm at, I don't really have that because, like, even with yeah. my mom being sick and all that, like, family is different now. You totally. know, like, like Christmas is not going to be the way it was ever yes. again. So even when I'm there, it feels familiar and all that. But I wouldn't say that's my home either. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. And I mean, I have my friends that I've known all my life, but it's still like no, like both don't really feel a hundred percent like that's home even though it somehow is i don't know it's yeah. so weird and that's why like yeah it's somewhere in between i don't know it's weird. i definitely feel the same way and i would love to have a place i call home mm -hmm. and it's but but then i i do realize how much i have here and how much because um even when i'm having a sad day or something i realize that if i needed to go to a friend at that moment there's people all over this city right. that I have. And yeah. that's amazing. Because when yeah. you first get here, there's nobody. It's right. lonely. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's just a really cool thing. And also, a shitty day in LA usually has still good weather. Which, <laughs> <laughs> which is worth a lot. Unless it's hot. I can't deal with the hot days. Oh, I like that shit. Um, I, I mean, I get it. But yesterday, for example, I was like, eh, my day is not that great. But then I was like, well, it's a sunny day in hell. You know, you're not wrong. Do you remember the first time we met? The very first time we met. Was it that table read? No. No, it was not the table read. <laughs> it was at a. It was. It was at a bar, somewhere. Albuquerque. Billy's. I don't think it was Billy. No, it was not Billy's. It was some place in Albuquerque. Maybe it wasn't a bar, but it was something that it had something to do with the film industry. I don't I'm know sure. what. Yeah. Um, Louise introduced us, I think. Okay. I'm pretty sure I was there with Louise, but I have no idea what it was. And I think the table read must have been like a little after that. Yeah. The the set of the one in Santa Fe, because I remember, and that's so crazy to me now. That was in 2014, and I told you about intrusive thoughts that day. Oh, really? At the table, like after the table read, we went somewhere to go grab something to eat or something with a bunch of people. Uh huh. And you were sitting next to me and I told you about intrusive thoughts. And wow. yeah, and and then I was like, man, you would be perfect for that. And then like what was that? Like then in twenty seventeen we actually shot it or started shooting it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because we were both like, let's just make a movie this summer. <laughs> There's so it's funny when you have so many different eras with a friend that you're like, wait, I don't I remember the era of you. I, re I distinctly remember going to the Smiths on oh, Montgomery, on, on Montgomery. Mm -hmm. and you ha you ate otter pops and french fries. That was all you ate at mm -hmm. that point in your life. Yeah, yeah. You were like a very different person. Yeah, fact. <laughs> yeah, the one, yeah, because by Louise's place, yeah. That was it. And yeah. then the, the, the hot Cheetos and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was I my, that was my diet. I like yeah. that at all anymore, like complete change. Yeah. We actually went through interesting phases also. Like also we met in Cannes. Right, which is always a weird thing for me to think. Because I think it's really interesting. I don't, I don't know if it is so much for you because you are from like a different part of the world. But right. to me, like the people that I've been abroad with, that's a big deal. It is, it is, it is for sure. And and to me, it is too, obviously when I'm over there and, and American friends come visit or something like that. Like, for example, <clears throat> so I'm going back in uh, June and I will be there for like three months. And I got a DJ booking in Poland in August. And a friend of mine from LA is actually coming out there. That's cool. Because she was like, I want to go to Europe. And fuck, yeah, I'm going to book a flight and I'm going to come to Poland and then go to your show. I need to go to Poland too. I've always wanted to go to Auschwitz. All right. Me too. I would be so down. I would seriously love to go to Auschwitz. I would be with so you. down. Okay. That's a thing. That's like figure, a thing. Figure it out. I will be, so I will be in Europe from mid June until mid September. Okay, this is for real. And I think flights are pretty cheap. So let me know. I'm totally down to travel around because, yeah. There was, I think that's what was so cool about Cannes too, is like, that was a thing 
I always thought would be so cool to do, but then having people there that are familiar and mm -hmm. like, I just had, such, it was such a fun time yeah. because of that. Like getting hanging out with you guys and Alejandro and Kenny yeah. and it's like, um, that was such a fun experience. Cannes was, honestly, it was one of the best times I've had. That trip to Cannes, just because also in that constellation, it will never ever happen again. <clears throat> it was so random because I was, I went the year before, um, I had, what short film was it? It was uh, my short film, Wake Up, was at a festival there. And um, I didn't know anybody. So the guys that organized the festival kind of rented out a house. And I now know they totally fucking ripped us off because they charged us like three grand for the room for the week or something like that. And I know in t like later on, I found out that they like paid four grand for the entire house and they had like Jeez. five or six rooms. I was like, you motherfuckers. But, and that was a, it was an interesting experience, but it was also annoying because like there were so many, there were so many actors, but like the ones that are like, oh, take a photo of me here, take a photo of me there. Yeah. Uh, like we were not allowed to go on the red carpet yet in the evening, they would climb the fence yeah. just to get a photo yeah. there. Those kind of actors, you know, and I was yeah. like, oh my God. So the next year when duality got in, I was like, I'm going to take people with me, mainly people with me that have nothing to do with the film industry. And that's why that constellation would just never happen again, you know, and then I don't that know. was really they were a fun group it was it was super fun it was it, it was and so also, like kenny and i are the actors of the group and we don't care right like, exactly and uh, yeah it was so funny because the group everybody only knew me a lot of them uh -huh. didn't even know each other you know and it worked out that's so cool it was i don't know that was a, that was such a fun time and then that trip was so much fun Holy i think shit. like i think there have been a lot of things i've had an interesting sort of experience in the entertainment industry but going to film festivals and seeing i don't want to say it's like a super dirty underbelly but just like mm -hmm. seeing how they actually work and the things you always thought were super cool and yeah. you're there and you're like oh that's like can is so funny because there's just lines of people dressed up and they're like super elegant where just yeah. trying to get in right and they're never going to make it in. A ticket or anything yeah mm -hmm. and it's like i'm yeah. not saying it wasn't cool but it's like it's it's really it's, it's eye-opening it's very eye-opening for sure yeah i i don't know i'm kind of over festivals i know there are filmmakers out there that just enjoy going there and i'm so not one of it was interesting at first and it was also fun when uh you and i went to one for uh intrusive like it's the one we went to here? Yeah, yeah. where was that? It was somewhere. Oh, we went to a couple here. We did. Um, there oh, was yeah, we did one in Santa Monica. Hughes. Yeah. And Marina Del Rey, wasn't that the one? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That was fun. So, I mean, obviously, it's cool to see, to see stuff like that on the big screen, but it's what I don't like is all the people making it sound more important than it it's actually is. The posturing is, is just. Well, I'm like, dude, like when they win an award there and they're like, they act like they want a fucking Oscar, I'm like, dude. Like it's exciting, it's nice, it's cool to be appreciated, but also, dude, it's not gonna change your life. Like, chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's um, that's a thing I'm still learning. But I I always had I think ever since I was little even this idea that there was something out there. Mm -hmm. Like you can always oh there's something exciting blah blah blah. And even getting to LA for the first time, I was like, this isn't what I thought. Right yeah and there's actually nothing it's more mystified than anything yeah else. Mm -hmm. yeah like the streets don't look like what yeah. i thought they would look like certainly not at all right and so like winning awards and i think people don't even care about the oscars that much anymore i mean unless somebody gets bitch slapped but other than but that i deal. didn't i didn't even know they were on that night to be honest that's how little i care but i mean i never really cared <clears throat> for me Obviously, like in the beginning, it was more about I knew I needed them for my to get my visa. <laughs> that was the only reason. Uh, like personally, I didn't care. Like I still don't care if somebody. I mean, it's always nice to be appreciated, but honestly, it it's not a requirement for me to continue doing what I'm doing. I'd rather have somebody say that story really touched me. Mm -hmm. And that so that's funny that you said that. So my first short film, Bipolar, to this day, I get weekly emails people telling me exactly that and that yeah. I'm like wow because when I made it I didn't really I didn't even think about what other people might think about it or and I never do when I do stuff I'm like oh I think this is cool but I don't there's never a thought process of like oh is this going to be popular or whatever and especially with something like bipolar I was like it's weird that I didn't think about it of course it will touch people like people who yeah. can relate like of course it will 
but uh, I just, I never, I don't know, it just never crossed my mind, I guess. It's weird. When did you start acting? You were, did um, you start acting in Albuquerque? Yeah, so I guess professionally, uh, like I'd done plays my whole life, but um, like just not in, more like in high school. Mm. Um, but I started auditioning, I think when I was about 20. So um, yeah, I'm coming up on 20 years actually. That's which good. seems crazy. But I did not have any sort of immediate success. I, I auditioned for about seven years before I booked anything. Oh, really? Yeah. And the first thing I booked, I even got cut out of. So it's oh, like, wow. it's been... What was that? Uh, Longmire. Oh, okay. That pilot episode. Wow. Um, but then like things started clicking a lot after that. And then um, it's been kind of a dry spell. It's funny how you can have dry spells, but know that you're doing the best work you ever have. Right. You just have to know that. For sure. And just keep going. Yeah. Because I think success is a it's such a definition thing. Like it's totally. so like personal definition of success. Because like I know some people in my hometown are like, oh Daniel made it. I'm like, the fuck do I make? Like what are you talking about? Like I mean, yeah, of course I'm I love my life, but I'm definitely not where I want to be yet, you know? And yeah. uh, so I think like yeah, that's a I don't know, an outsider. That idea of making it is um such an interesting concept yeah, to me it's weird. like now it's making it is being happy and contented in your everyday that, exactly exactly Didn't and I you tell, can do that yeah i think I, I don't know if i told you that but that's what i said i'm like my goal is to have more happy like just to be happy <laughs> like that's my goal and uh if i'm succeeding at that then i'm successful <laughs> that is really it yeah then i made it yeah you know, if you have more happy days than sad days then you made it because I've yeah. had those days where I've done something that day that I thought would always be the pinnacle of having made it. Mm -hmm. And you get home and you're just like... Mm, didn't change how I feel. Yep. Exactly. And that's yeah. when it... I think like on the successful days when you come home and somehow you're depressed, it's like, oh. Right. That's a real reality check. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And like you have to be... You have to reach that happiness and being content before because otherwise you reach stuff like that and you're like it didn't change anything and like, that, that can be like more depressing yeah absolutely it's like a hamster wheel because you're like i will be happy if yeah and then you reach that yep. and then you're like okay that's not it so it must be something else that yeah. i still need you know which for me was like i like meeting brad pitt w was like this emblem of mm -hmm. maybe having made it in a way but but like that's the epitome of everything mm -hmm. Hollywood was to me. Absolutely, yeah, I know what you mean. And yeah. so coming to the end, of, coming to that was like coming to the end of like at the Truman Show when he gets, he's mm -hmm. like, he's going to go outside the wall or not, and what's going to be outside that? Mm -hmm. It means that there's like a whole other world, right? That that was just yeah. recently, right? When you met him, like two weeks ago or something? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And he's great. He's like he's everything you want Brad Pitt to be, <laughs> but like. I guess I'm at a point in my life where I wasn't super starstruck and the way that it was set up, I, you know, it required me to be professional right. anyway. So, um, but yeah, just having an idea of what this thing would be. And then you're like, oh, this is actually, it, it just was weird. Cause I think I heard him first before I saw him mm -hmm. and it wasn't like starstruck. It was just like, oh, this is like a really familiar voice to me. Right. Cause I've Cause watched used him to it. Yeah, yeah, hours. And so it was more a sense of familiarity than yeah. starstruck. And, and yeah, you met David Duchovny, which that's awesome. You met. Yeah. I know for you it's X Files. For me, it's Californication. Yep. Mm -hmm. Was he cool? He's super cool. Mm -hmm. I think like that's the other thing I learned is, and it's actually changed my acting. Mm -hmm. People really are like Brad Pitt kept saying things that I was like, that's a very Brad Pitt way of saying that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, he just talks like that. Right. And so now when I do auditions, I'm like, just talk like yourself because right, right, right. it's actually more, way more interesting yeah. than if you're trying to, some people are really good, but, but even I think doing, when you're um, doing character work, you can still bring yourself to it. Somehow. For sure. Yeah. And maybe that's the stronger choice in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really do like doing, I'm way more interested in doing weird character things than being the lead who just doesn't have like right. much going on. Yeah. What was your favorite project so far? I'd probably have to say by default American Horror Story. Good. Even though that seems like that that's, obvious. That's my choice. favorite you've been in. <laughs> I think <figured> that <laughs> aside from intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Um, but that I I think it partially was not because it's the most successful thing, but 
um, when I got that script, I had never played anything like that, mm -hmm. playing a psychotic nurse. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to get this. So I just went and had, had fun with it. Right. And that's what ended up working. And so that's something I would love to do a lot more of. Yeah. Not necessarily like a psychotic nurse, but anytime something comes up that's just like the character's just a little bit weird in some way. I'm mm -hmm. so much more into that. I don't know how to play just the... The regular. Yeah, yeah. also it's more, yeah, it's just way more interesting. Like you, you want to watch like characters that like with flaws and that are like weird or whatever. I don't yeah. know, like not like some heroic whatever. And I name. think people, it's interesting the people that it's been a detriment, I think, to me in some ways. There are people, there are actors who mm -hmm. just look, sound, and their um, way of being are so in alignment that they can easily book, like, that person's a cop. Right. That person's a blah, blah, blah. That person's right. a blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think I've ever fit into that because I'm tall. I look like I should be in charge and, like, I can play mm -hmm. that, but I'm just too weird to do that <laughs> so like i think i could have i wasn't like man if i really could get my act together um like i should have i should be playing like mershka hargitay kind of roles mm -hmm. and stuff yeah. but it's just not me yeah and it's like it's too much of a stretch for me to be that buttoned up and like mm -hmm. in charge so it's easier to play something there where it's like what is this person up to that's kind of right, what i right, play right. like are, yeah. they, are they good or bad i'm yeah. not really sure when you're in that, there was some Arnold Schwarzenegger movie you were in or something like that. Oh, Last Stand. Yeah. What was your character in that? I don't remember. I An think FBI I agent. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But they replaced my voice in that. What? Yeah. Why? I'm sure. Did that they I, change I've the line or? No. Well, I don't, I don't think they changed the lines. Weird. I'm, I'm sure that I didn't sound very in charge. Like, mm -hmm. I can own that. Hmm. I, mean, it would make, I, don't know. I was probably like 27 or 8 when I did that. Okay. Huh. That was shot in Albuquerque, right? Yeah. Okay. When, when did you move to... No, what's funny is like when you moved to Albuquerque, I think there was a wave of like Albuquerque actors moving yeah, out Yeah, there were a lot. <clears throat> and seriously, you were one of the only ones where I was like, that makes sense to me. <laughs> You know, like, I, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but honestly, because like you already had a lot of stuff going on and I was like, oh yeah, she, she, that, that makes sense. Other people, I was like, oh, you're going to be back soon. I'm sorry. And I mean, and, and, and that's not a bad thing. You know, it's a lesson, like it's an experience you need to make and all that stuff, you know, but. It was, I mean, I, it was one of those, like professionally, it was the best year I'd had, 2016. Mm -hmm. Like I had to turn down roles. Like oh, that's really? how, yeah, oh, wow. I was, cause I was supposed to be in Only the Brave. Oh, okay. Um, but American Horror Story took um, precedent over that. So, precedence. well, that's a, that was a better choice, I think. And it was, I remember there was a day where I found out they were going to con conflict, and I was sitting at Burbank Airport, just like mm -hmm. talking to my agent, like, I don't know what to do. Right. Because at the time, everybody thought only The Brave was going to be right. an Oscar contender. And it was a great project. I all, so, it's funny you said that. I, so, I went to the premiere with uh, Kenny and Brittany, and I told them exactly that, too, because I genuinely thought that. Yeah. I'm actually shocked and surprised that it was more successful because it was very well made and all that. Like, I, I honestly don't see, it's not my kind of movie, but I can still like say it's a well-made movie and all that. And I thought the same thing. Like, I was like, this is going to be an awesome I don't know. There's, I've seen other movies like that where I'm like, this was a really good movie. Why did nobody see it? Right, exactly. And I actually never ended up watching it. I, I should. Um, because Only I the break? Yeah. Yeah. No, that one was good. So I, that year was really great, but then, you know, just like it happens sometimes, my personal life fell apart. Right. So like for me, coming to LA, it was, it was really the only option I saw myself having. So mm -hmm. it wasn't even, I was, I was very fortunate that I had a little bit behind me professionally right. to make me think like, you can actually do this now. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was really hard after I got here, but there just really wasn't, there was nothing for me to go back to. Mm -hmm. I didn't have, I really didn't have anything right. to go, I had, it was just like a lot of pain Yeah. in the past. Yeah. So that kind of kept me here too. I think that's always kind of interesting too, of people like, or for people that move out here, like their different journeys and the different yeah. reasons and all that, you know, I always thought I'm like, because A, <clears throat> it was never, 
it was never like that one day where I'm like, I'm moving to LA now, you know, like for me, it was a very organic transition. Like I just spent more and more time here and I yeah. was like, well, I guess it makes sense to get a fucking apartment here. Um, and then also to be fair, like always in my back, I'm like, well, my worst case, like if shit goes down here, I can just go back to Germany, you know, yeah. um, where I could live very like chill. And um, so I, I think that's why it was way easier for me. Cause like a friend of mine was like, Oh, I think it's so brave that you did that. I'm like, dude, honestly, it didn't feel like I did anything. Yeah. Like, it was just organic and it made sense. And I think that, I mean, obviously that's what you want. Like, but I also never thought about it. I'm just like, I just went with the flow and then yeah. I was like, okay, now I'm here. And it all worked out. Now looking back, like all the puzzle pieces just made sense. My friend Jonathan wanted to sell the place. He didn't find anybody who wanted to buy it. Kenny just decided to move to LA and was like, hey, why don't we just like both live here, you know, and boom. Yeah. So I don't know, it's kind of interesting how life works sometimes. Yeah, it really is. Like that. How many years have you been here now? So since 2016? Or? Yeah, end of 20, right yeah, at the end of 2016 I moved. I've been making films since 12 years now, for 12 years. It's not even that long if you think about it. Like for when you think about that, I skipped film school and all that shit. You know, and just like started doing it. It feels like a lot, but honestly, it's not really. Yeah, know. it's funny how. It's funny how high school will always feel like it was twenty years long. Mm -hmm. And so I think anytime something like four years comes up, I think about right. high school. I'm like, no, but that was forever. Yeah. And now it's like. And now one year doesn't even like seems like. How did? Because, that means we've known each other for. I don't Since twenty fourteen. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a long time. Mm -hmm. So eight years, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2014, yeah. That, I mean, that sounds right to me. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then 2015, we went to Cannes. 2017, we shot Intrusive. What, what, what was the other one? That, Duality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the other one in there, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the first one you were in. Oh, yeah. I totally. Oh, yeah. And it's the same character from Intrusive, actually. Yeah. I don't know if you know that, if I told you that. Even. I think you did. Um, right. And that was right, because that was at the end of 2014. So we shot Duality um, in December 2014. It was like all Christmas stuff there and all that. Um, right. And then because Jody's character in, Intrusive, uh, in, in Duality says, I feel like I'm going crazy. And you say, yeah, I know that feeling. And that's a reference to Intrusive Thoughts already. That was fun, though. It was fun. Intrusive was kind of a weird shoot because it was like in between us moving. So we shot oh, parts. Yeah. yeah, parts in the old apartment, then more parts here. And we even had to make things match. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it went, it went a while. Mm -hmm. Well, also because to be fair, because we mainly we only had one day where we shot something during the day. Everything else was night shoots. Yeah. Um, so we usually just started at like whatever. 8 p.m. or something. Yeah. Florian was here for the first part. That was cool. Desmond was here for almost all of those. That's too. true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Shooting films. Is, shooting films can be fun. Let's say like that. Like even the project I just shot. So I didn't even acknowledge that we wrapped it. I mean, even though you and I just shot something for it, but like uh, the other day when Chelsea and I were shooting something, I was like, oh, we wrapped and I didn't, or we didn't even acknowledge it. Like because. It was constantly the, the moment that we were like, oh, we're wrapping today. And then the other day, it was too dark in the apartment to shoot the hanging thing. And I was like, fuck, so we're not wrapped. And that day we were sure we we're going to wrap. And then the day we actually wrap, we didn't acknowledge it, you know. And, and then the next morning I woke up and I was like kind of sad because I was like, that might have been the last time I would shoot a project in that fashion, you yeah. know. And... Of course, it's interesting or it's exciting now that I have it done and I can do something, take it further. But it's still like it's the end of an era in a way, you know. There's, uh, I still think that like when we would shoot stuff, it's just it's so much. It really is so much better to make movies with friends. Yeah, it is for sure. It's the pressure level, the ability yeah. for you to like do your best work because mm -hmm. everybody supports you. It's just it's something very special. It's and more then, comfortable. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, intrusive. I remember, like, it was <laughs> emotionally, we were both in like weird places. Yeah. And so that's why I think that's that was one of those moments where, where moments where it's like, put your pain in art, yeah. you know, and just enjoy it. And uh, yeah, and I don't, I couldn't have done that with just anybody, but I mm -hmm. like you and Kenny are like family to me. And yeah. I just knew that I could, 
Yeah, I knew I was safe. Right, exactly. Which is like a big deal. Oh, for sure. And and especially in a time in my life when nothing felt safe and nothing mm-hmm. felt, I just I'd had the floor kicked out from under me. Yeah, it was yeah, like for sure. it was a time to do something familiar with yeah. people that yeah. I felt safe with. As much as the subject matter was difficult, it was like strangely a sense of home in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's how. Yeah, and I think that's why. Yeah, the other day I was like just really sad i was like fuck this is really uh, i think you'll keep doing it i mean i don't think i will shoot like that again honestly i don't think so because it's like as much fun as it is it is also like all the pressure is on me yeah um it is a lot i mean with this project in particular i knew because like i was shooting most with chelsea i was like i have freedom like it took longer than i usually would take but that was okay because she was like whatever you need me like whenever you need me to come over i'll come over um, and because it was literally just one person, I took advantage of that. And I was like, oh, I want to try out this visual effect or that visual effect, you know? And uh, I know at the end it worked out exactly how it's supposed to, but it was still, it was a little different, but I was like, I, somebody asked me if I want to work on a feature film the way I work on my shorts. And I'm like, no, that's hell. Oh man, that would be way too hard. I'm like, no, I, it's already a lot to put, like to keep together in my head for a short film like i'm chill when we're shooting but i notice when we're the moment we are done i get so tired all yeah. of a sudden that i'm like oh shit though it was, it was more than i thought it was yeah. um but yeah so we'll see i mean like bigger things are coming and uh they will have their own little vibe i guess i don't know what's your favorite movie amelie oh really mm-hmm. wow like to the point that I don't even watch it very much because I want to keep it special. That makes me so happy. A lot of people don't know that one here, it seems. Really? Yeah. I, I asked a lot of people. Wow, that's that's very refreshing. It feels just... It's a magical movie. It's very magical and it, um, there's just so many things in it that I'm like, how did he get in my head? Mm-hmm. How, like, it's it just feels very close to me and to mm-hmm. things that the way that i i see the world and yeah. so to see that in this beautiful like yeah. french film was just a lot for me the first time mm-hmm. and i've thought about because I've, I've i learned french in middle school and i've been brushing up on it i'll do it every couple of years but like i should make that a life goal to be able to watch amelie and actually understand it mm-hmm. in french so i always watch it in german because in germany they dub everything um but they like so there are some movies where they did a better job than on others. Uh-huh. But that was one where they actually did a really good job. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that I gotta see now. I need to see Amelie in, in German, German because I'm just picturing it being very harsh, and that's totally a stereotype. Yeah. Do you know the other French movie? They just remade it with Brian Cranston and I think Kevin Hart. The remake. Oh. Uh, the upside or something um yeah and he's like a where he's paralyzed yeah yeah mm-hmm. the, i haven't so, seen it but i've seen clips of it the original or the the remake the remake okay the remake is not good definitely watch the original if you haven't like that's a french movie and uh that's a really good movie like so i don't know the the remake is not even close to that i don't know it kind of missed everything about it in a way I and believe also, that. I just don't like Kevin Hart. Well, there's that's a thing. Yeah, he's just an annoying little man. I will never try to bring Kevin Hart over to your house. Okay, good. Thank you. I'm glad we. I'm glad I knew you almost did the other I, day, I and I was today. like, "No, I can't." <sighs> yeah. <sighs> Dodged a bullet. Because you always chill with him. God damn. I also think Life Is Beautiful is one of the best. I think everybody should see that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Even though it's in like almost summer here. But. Man. Um, it used to be Love Actually, but that movie really doesn't hold up. It would be Elf. Oh, but really? It's not. I think. Oh, I love White Christmas. That might be White Christmas. White Christmas is nice. For me, it's definitely Home Alone. Home Alone is like. To me, Home Alone is the kickoff movie for the Christmas it is, season. It is. The like, moment, if I don't watch it... The moment the score starts... Oh. It's got chills. Then you so know it's like, Christmas. It I just, feels so good. A friend of mine just gave me the score on vinyl. 
and that's I'm, pretty cool that's like the coolest thing so literally because like i feel like last year christmas like the, the grinch was here and stole christmas from me because mm -hmm. i didn't go to germany yeah um i literally feel that way like last year i did not have a christmas so this year i gotta make sure that was that, me two years ago it's it doesn't it's not good it's weird and especially if you're by yourself and all yeah. that like i don't know it's just it makes like, you realize how much we need rituals maybe mm -hmm. and we need traditions yeah like it's something to look forward to for sure I mean, I'm I'm glad. Like, I love Halloween because, like, when I grow uh, when I grew up, I watched American movies all mm -hmm. the time, and I was like, man, we don't have this shit here. This would be my holiday, you know. So I'm I'm glad that I'm here for that. But Christmas, I want to be in Germany for. I don't know, like, hang out with my friends there, play video games and stuff. I don't know. I accidentally went to. Well, we were in Paris right before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm and happened upon like the christmas market and i was like well this is one of my favorite things that's oh, ever yeah. happened christmas in the world are amazing and yeah. i wanted to go in germany but mm -hmm. we were when I, we went to germany it was early in november so they like set up the booth things mm -hmm. but they were not but there they yet, yet. Mm -hmm. and i was like can you just stay for like another because yeah. there's something so magical about germany i think anyway but getting to see it all decked out for christmas oh man we have to uh we have to plan something in europe because like especially my hometown is like it looks like a little fairy tale town. I love that. Like downtown, like Chelsea was there for Christmas one time and she was like, she keeps talking about it even now, you know, after all these years, she's like, man, your hometown during Christmas, because I took her to the Christmas market. And she was like, that's, that's one of her, she said one of her best memories in recent years. I <laughs> believe it. There's yeah. just something about it. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, it's weird to complain about it that I spent my Christmas at a four-story house in West Hollywood, you know, but it's still, it just didn't feel like Christmas, you know. But I think that too kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is um, what I found in LA is you can be in these situations where you feel like, oh, if you had told me this when I was 13 that yeah. I would get to spend this here at this time exactly. in this place, I would be like, whoa, that's amazing. It's like, but if you're alone, yep. it's hell. It is, exactly. It's like so cliche. It's like it's really, being yeah. in a mansion all by yourself. You know? <laughs> like, that is the thing. Like, and it's so funny that you said that because the uh, a couple of weeks ago I had exactly that thought that when you look at your current situation, like, and that more in a positive way, but it's like if somebody would have told you you'll be here right now, like let's say you could talk to nine-year-old Kristen and tell her what your life now would look like. I don't know, like in my case, I would be very, very excited, yeah, you know, same. and uh, and I think sometimes that's a good thing to like change your perspective because we are always like looking at the present and we're like, oh, but this is yeah. not what we want this to be. <laughs> yeah. But then just go back and like go back a couple of years and be like, hey, this is what it's going to be like. And you're like, oh, shit. So on the other hand, you should be like, OK, what's going to happen in a couple of years? You know, how it's, that's, like, a, that's a good point. And and. Even just the beginning of quarantine, I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And yeah. where I thought things could get and mm -hmm. where they are, right. that, that is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I was kind of prepping for full apocalypse mode. So mm -hmm. to have like a job and food and toilet paper. Right. Especially thankful. toilet paper. Toilet paper. Well, we can find a poop again. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> it took a couple of years off because I just couldn't do it. Yeah, that was interesting. Like it, when it started, I so didn't take it seriously. I was like, "Great, now everybody works the way I work." Like I've been working, you know, for the past couple of years. Yeah. Now people are like, "Oh, I'm doing home office." I'm like, "Dude, yeah, welcome to my world." You know, like, <laughs> and then I was like, "Cool, I have a lot of time to make music now and all that," which I did. Like that year, I started. I, I think I at least doubled my discography in one year from all the years before you know and uh, so i was like i don't know i was i was fine with it but then it got annoying you know and it was more like i was more worried about other people than myself yeah. and, like in general about everything when, when it comes to that about like getting it about job stuff and all that because if anything i actually got more jobs during yeah. the time so i was more worried about my friends and all that who were like oh i gotta like in Germany, they, they send people home and stuff like that, yeah. you know? So I was like, fuck, that sucks. It was, it was just an interesting time too. Mm -hmm. And I mean, fine. who would have thought we would live through something like that, you know? It's just I crazy. expected something. Yeah. 
I always felt like something was coming, and mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's right. It could get a lot worse, you know. Yeah. But, oh, for sure, for sure, absolutely. But that was—I had actually just read um, this this really great uh, historical fiction book within a year before mm-hmm. it went down, mm-hmm. and it was all about Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was interesting to have read that, and right. it's like from their perspective and what they were dealing with, and. So I had that kind of going in and just feeling like that because what was interesting reading that book was like, you just want to yell at them and be like, this is what you needed to do. It, right. And But they yeah. didn't know. And then we lived through that, like at the beginning, just mm. being like, if I walk out of my house, am I going to get a virus? Right. And we just, all the stuff we didn't know. I wish yeah. I had written down. I, I tried to, but. From the beginning to like. From the beginning, what my thought processes mm-hmm. were each day and what I thought was going on mm-hmm. because it was just so confusing. Yeah. But it's also like to be fair like we are very spoiled people totally and so like just every disruption in our normal life we're panicking yeah you know like people were like also i think a a big thing about the whole COVID thing was even though a lot of people are like i like being alone and all that this is a lot of people were forced to be alone and forced to face themselves and i think that's why it was harder for a lot of people then because I was like, I, I genuinely like being alone. And if it taught me anything, it's exactly that, that yeah. I'm not just saying that, but I love being alone. Yeah. And, um, but for a lot of people I know, they're like, oh, this is so terrible. I'm like, why? Like, you're just at home. You can just be at home and watch movies or something or whatever it is you're doing. But, it's but then I realized I'm like, it is really because like a lot of people just like distract themselves all the time and never really face their like issues or whatever. So they were kind of forced to do it in a way. I thought, I was thinking, I've thought about this a lot, Mm -hmm. but I was really thinking about it just the other day. Like, uh, and I'm probably making too broad of generalizations, but introverts will do that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I- What do you mean, face themselves? Yeah. Yeah. But extroverts tend to distract themselves with other people so much that I wonder what, I, I was genuinely wondering like what their way of dealing with themselves is or do they just not have to as much or like what is the di- I don't understand the difference. I really think it is mainly distraction because yeah, introverts. That's a that's an interesting topic too because like I wouldn't I don't even know what I would classify myself as. Like yes, I'm I mainly live in my head like a lot of the time, but I wouldn't really con- call myself an introvert. I don't know because like I know when I'm going somewhere like people want to talk to me and all that and I'm good at talking to people too, so I wouldn't really I'd call still myself. say you, I'd still say you're an introvert because it's where you get your energy from. Do you get your yeah. energy from being alone? But you and I are both very good with people. Mm-hmm. But like exactly. ultimately, maybe we're just very well adapted introverts. I mean, we're just really yeah. cool. We're, we're, we are pretty damn cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's we're, we're pretty damn cool. So whoever's listening, <laughs> hanging out with us is pretty much the best thing you can do for your soul. <laughs> Unless I don't like you, and then I'll just be quiet yeah that's a problem yeah but if i don't like you i usually tell you kevin hart oh kevin hart <laughs> oh i'm glad kevin hart's not here i'm so tempted you see there the balloons from the shoot i'm definitely at the end of this i'm gonna grab one and inhale the helium which okay it's it will just i mean for a podcast that's kind of perfect it is um but it's funny because i have that in the in the script that i don't know if i told you that so this one will not make sense to everybody, uh, anybody listening, except for some people who know the script. But like, there is a part, like she comes in with the balloons, just like she does in the mm-hmm. thing that we shot. And very later on, she is supposed to take care of her niece and her niece. And, and she just wants to show her that. Niece or knees? Knees. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's on her knees when her, she's sitting in front of her knees. Her knees. Mm-hmm. Got it. And, um, and then the niece dies because of the helium. Did you know that that's a thing? I had to research that. Why does that. that sound familiar? Maybe you told me. Maybe I did. Um, we are going so dark in this episode. So somebody I know committed suicide uh, a couple of months ago. You did tell me that. With yeah. helium poisoning. And I didn't even know that was a thing. And then um, as I was writing the script, I had to research it because I was like, wow, because like everybody went out there to a party or something using helium balloons, just like yeah. I'm about to do. And uh, how did much that. do you have to, is it not ethical for us to say how much it takes? 
I don't know how much it takes. Because I've definitely I, sucked down a balloon before. Yeah. But then I, so I Googled it. And then I saw all these videos of like people filming their friends doing it and suddenly like passing out. Not oh dying, gosh. but just like passing out. Because Is it just it displaces oxygen? Yeah. So it lays, uh, basically fills your lungs with uh, the helium, helium. So there's no more room for oxygen. So, so you if you do it drown. too much, you're just like gone. And it's supposed wow. to be a very painless death. Like, man, in the research of the script, I had so many warnings at Google to call the suicide <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like the other day I was looking for how to tie a noose. Oh geez. And then I, okay, so that was funny too. I went to Ace Hardware and I was like, I, I need I love the way a Ace Hardware smells so much. Huh? I love the way it smells in Ace yeah. Hardware. I like it too. But I walked in there and I was like, I need a rope. And they're like, oh, what do you need a need for? I'm like, I need to tie a noose. And they looked at me, I'm like, no, no, it, it's not as dramatic as it sounds. It's really for a film. They're like, mm-hmm. I think you can get away with that better here, but here, I'm glad for sure. that it's, they're still a little bit like, um, sir. Yeah, I want to get a balloon. Hold up. This, so Dark Crystal is playing on your TV VCR setup. Correct. But I just realized that it is not actually playing on the tape. There's what? It's not playing on the tape. Is yeah. it? Yeah, it is. I thought the little door stayed open when it when there was actual tape in there. No. I'm glad we had this conversation. I mean, it depends on your VCR, but this is a modern one. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a modern VCR. This is a VCR. 1997 it, version. It hides not the... Not a 1982 Exactly. Version. It hides the, the tapes. My 1982 one went... It was a top loader. Like, oh, yeah. And then junk. it goes in there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the remote was like on a cord. Yeah, see, so that's kind of a messed up thing. I don't have the remote for this one. And since it's such an old thing, it's obviously hard to get. Uh, because I did want to plug something into the thing in the front. Like I have this little computer thing where I was like, it would just randomly play all Yeah, I thought you said you had something. I like wanted that. to do that, but I, I couldn't find a remote for it yet. So I can't switch to that channel. Like the buttons don't let me switch to that channel from the front. To the thing. input? Yeah. It's kind of annoying. Oh, that's weird. I really like this episode. Okay. <laughs> No, I really do. Like, I don't know. It's kind of interesting because, and that's kind of what I like about the, the podcast thing too. It's like, first of all, I have like really interesting people around me and you never know where it goes. And I don't want to plan things. It's more know? interesting to see just what comes up. Yeah, exactly. Let me inhale some he okay, healing. Okay, let's do that. It's a happy birthday foil bulletin oh, for anyone up. who is wondering. I got to cut this shit. My name is Daniel. <laughs> it's not enough. Uh, Hello, Kristen. <laughs> it oh, sounds you? like you're just doing that. No. What do you mean? Do more. It's also I'm almost deflated. I'm being a pusher. I don't want to pass out here. It's still, my voice is too deep. Like it doesn't even do shit. Hold up. Your voice just gets to like a normal people range. What do you say? I can't laugh because otherwise it won't laugh. It's not as much, right? I don't sound like a real Smurf yet. Yeah, I sound like Papa immune. Smurf. Okay, this should do it. That's oh, it. There, there we it go. Is. What up? Welcome to the Polluted Minds Podcast. I'm doing the helium thing right now because I'm a cool ass motherfucker. What up, listeners? Oh, wow. It's starting to go. It's already starting. I'm definitely getting dizzy. Oh, uh -oh. you got to take me to the ER. I'm going to die. I'm just start blowing on you. That would be the best episode if I would die on. <laughs> how can I switch? I don't know. <laughs> I just so switched weird. the pitch, right? Wow, I can do. Okay, I can try it. <laughs> this is already fun. Okay, I gotta take it slow because I don't want to pass out here. Are you Although, really dizzy? Not anymore. Okay. But I was for a second okay. for sure. I'll do some breathing. Okay, let's do some breathing. Mm hmm. Okay. <laughs> I want to do an episode where I take a Benadryl or something. That would be funny, too. Are you one of those people that Benadryl does not knock out, or it does? No, it, it makes me high. Oh. And I didn't know that. So I remember a couple of years ago, <clears throat> I was... Um, what kind of high? Funny high. I don't know. I, I didn't know. So I had, like, something. Like, there was some rash or something, and I don't have any allergies. And then I was like, but I went to... Oh, this was made in Germany, by the way. Oh, and it says, oh, 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 inhalation of helium can be harmful. Never breathe in helium. 
what it says on here. Um, Oops. So I bought Benadryl. That was like in my, <clears throat> must have been in the first two years I've been here. So I had no idea. Now I know why some of them says no drowsiness and stuff like that. So I took one and I drove to see a friend. That's dangerous. And I had no idea. It's something you can just buy. It's an allergy pill. I was like, what the fuck? And then um, I arrived there and she was like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I took one of those allergy pills. She's like, what was it called? I'm like, Benadryl. She's like, Daniel, you cannot drive taking a Benadryl. I was like, how am I supposed to know that? So that was a very German moment. No, I just didn't know. I don't know. That was a very German moment. It was. What makes a German moment? Well, just because I came here from a different country not knowing that. Oh, because you have different medicines there. Yeah, like we would never have something that you can just literally go to the store and that will make, that you, will make you that drunk. Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, that's interesting. You don't, even, you don't even get like aspirin at a like regular store or something like that. Why? So you need to go to a pharmacy. You don't need a prescription, but like anything like medicine-wise, you have to go to a pharmacy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The only thing you can get like at a grocery store is like, something that will help you like like cough suppressant or something but not as crazy as like real uh cough like juice or something like that <clears throat> that's interesting yeah like yeah not even aspirin like you would never find an aspirin at a like grocery store or something like that today i learned yep there you go you went to film school right yeah what do you want to be do you want to be a director yeah, I always saw myself, um, I wanted to start acting and then around this time of my life, I thought I would start directing mm -hmm. um, because I did like it and I do like it and I've really, I've gotten specific about what I do like about it and I don't, I don't want anything to do with setting up cameras and stuff, but I like directing performance quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, it's a lot of wrestling. Um, which I, I get to do a bit of with my job now, but mm -hmm. um, it's not directing performance so much, but I just like, I, and I ended up there, which seemed like a cop out at the time. I ended up, they had three tracks. You could do production, I don't remember the middle one, and then you could do um, critical studies. And I ended up on the critical studies path, which I had no intention of doing. Mm -hmm. So I actually watched, like my education ended up being watching a ton of movies. Right. And that actually was like what we're talking about going with the flow. Like that yeah. actually informed things because you can learn to make movies on your own. Like yeah, for you sure. did. Yeah. Um, so to do that in school, like there is, there is utility in that. But um, some of the stuff I got to watch, I never would have watched mm -hmm. on my own. My favorite class ended up being my history of world cinema class and mm -hmm. i saw stuff there that it's just like it's one of my best memories of being in class That's in tough. like in a screen in a you know at the movie theater and right. like watching a print of metropolis yeah um and like i went to the studio where they shot it <sighs> like it's, I, I didn't even is, know but uh then i saw like original props there and stuff oh like that. that is so cool mm -hmm. um i don't know if it was i think we we definitely saw a print of Intolerance. I don't know what that is. Intolerance is um, D.W. Griffith's failed. Um, it's like the first blockbuster that failed. Oh, really? Like they gave him all the money in the world mm -hmm. and then nobody saw that movie. Oh, wow. Um, but it's actually what they, they're changing everything now. But uh, Hollywood and Highland, I'm wrestling, Hollywood and Highland, um, all that with the elephants and stuff on it. Mm -hmm. That's the design from Intolerance. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. And I'm just, I'm thankful for all of those movies that I had to watch that I hated at the time. And like, I, there was one semester where I had to take history, or it's a, it was a Hong Kong filmmakers. It was just the, the, the class that fit in. Mm -hmm. So many of my best classes were the ones that just fit in. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much and saw a different part of the world in that. And um, doing production's great, but learning from, I, I learned by example, almost exclusively anyway. Yeah, so, me too. I was I was really thankful for that mm -hmm. experience and the school that I went to was um, there was some stuff I hated there but like overall they the, the professors really cared about the art mm -hmm. of it. That's nice. Yeah, I went to a, I don't know if I told you uh, that I went to a composer school. Uh, -uh. 
Oh, okay. So that was <clears throat> during the time actually when I when I did bipolar, I went to a composer school in Hamburg to become a film composer. It was I want to say eight semesters. Yeah, it was eight semesters. That's really cool. Yeah, but I didn't want to spend that much time, so I always did two at the same time. Uh -huh. And then I got a scholarship for a sound design one. So at some point I did three at the same time. <clears throat> and because uh, at that time I thought I was going to be, a, I wanted to be a film composer. I mean, yeah. even though I already worked on, on bipolar and actually one of my classes, we kind of dissected it a little bit, also the music and all that. But all it taught me was I'm not a theoretical guy at all. Like I have a, it's weird. I know I'm not... I don't like I usually work on more than one project at the same time and I always finish them too. So it's not really that I don't have ADHD or something like that. But even I'm just not a theoretical guy. Even in school where I went to and I wanted to learn it, I had such a hard time because I was like and then I realized later on that I'm like it just music theory doesn't make sense mm. to me because it's not theory it's it's about feeling something you know yeah. so what was what was cool about the very first class we had i remember he was a very talented composer and he was like the first day we got there he was like you got 30 minutes compose something that was the first day we were there and it was more so that he sees where we are you yeah know? so i composed something and he walked up and he's like oh wow you just did that i'm like yeah he's like why did you do that i'm like i don't know it sounded right he's like and that because you use this and that technique. I'm like, I, I don't know, just sounded right to me. He's like, all right, you have something that I cannot teach you and that is your intuition. And uh, ironically, like we were 30 something people in class, only three, including me, are now doing something with music because mm -hmm. a lot of people went there and they thought, oh, my parents are gonna pay for this school now and I will end up being a film composer. I'm like, dude, you're there for fucking eight semesters. You're not gonna be a film composer. Like there were, there were good things there. I met some cool people for sure, but honestly, the biggest lesson is like I'm not a theoretical guy. And uh, and then when I, I don't know, pretty quickly I realized I'm like I don't want to be a film composer. I like composing music for my own projects, but it's very frustrating to work or to compose something for other people, especially when they don't know music. Mm. You know, and when they try to, I compose something for somebody for their film and it was only piano and uh, and I loved it. I thought it was perfect for the scene. And they were like, this is great, but can you take out the piano? I'm like, well, if I take out the piano, there's just nothing left. Like, what are you talking about? And, and stuff like that. And it's really frustrating. So, um, and now after being here for a while, a lot of my friends are film composers and they are miserable, man. <laughs> like. Why are they miserable? Because it's such a grind and in, in the sense of like, yes, everybody knows like Hans Zimmer and all that yeah. stuff. And and Hans is a particular one. I mean, I'm, I've I met him a number of times. So he only works on stuff he really wants to work on. It's really not about the money. I think if it wasn't for his business partner, Steve, he would do it all for free, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, but the other ones, like it's like, because music is not that appreciated, even though it is mm -hmm. such an important part, but it has also very generic music. Like if you look, if you check out, like I'm not a superhero movie fan, but I always notice that the music is so generic in those, like nothing is wrong about it, but you, it's also not memorable. Like you will not watch an Avengers movie and you're like, oh, remember that theme song? I'm like, no, I don't because they sound all the same. And they, and again, it's not bad composition or whatever. Like. Have you seen the Joker? Yeah. So that music stood out to me. It was very unique. And um, and I'm not saying every piece of music has to like really like stand out or be like technically weird or whatever, but there has to be something. Like I'm a big fan of themes. So even yeah. uh, like Solitary, for example, my short film, I composed the, the theme before we started shooting because as I was writing, I would listen to it because I was like, this is the feel I want mm -hmm. this to have, you know? <clears throat> and uh, I don't know. And I, and I like that. And a lot of music out there is just like so, it's just there and generic and not memorable. And a lot of these composers that I know, they just like jump from job to job and they're like really jaded, you know, because it is a very, it's a tough 
industry, you know, even though it is part of the movie industry, but it's also usually at the end of everything else. Yeah. You know, they like, which movie? Blade Runner, I remember. Hans Zimmer got on pretty late and pretty close to the release, actually. And, uh, and him and Benjamin Walfish is the second composer on that. Like, they had very little time. Where I'm like, it's such an important thing of the movie where I'm like, that's so, I don't know. So, so I feel like a lot of composers are just under a lot of stress, you know? Um, I think it's, to me, scores have been, like some of my favorite movies are my favorites because of the score. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Amelie has a very strong oh, voice. Absolutely. That guy, Jan Tiersen, he's yeah, amazing. That, I saw him live, by the way. I, I used to really want to, but then I was like, I listened to like his whole album and it all sounds the same. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can well, deal with this. For me, it was very disappointing because um, he did play the Emily theme, uh-huh. but he has a band. So all of his songs that he played were from his band and that sounds totally different. Oh, really? Yeah, it was not like that at all. I wouldn't mind like an hour of just like that kind of music, but uh, it was weird stuff. And then only that song came at the very end. I was like, okay, that was worth it. But still it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, think about Home Alone. Like you yeah. said, the music kicks in and you're like in the mood right away. And I just felt like a lot of people, I I love The Village. It's probably my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. Mm-hmm. And that has such a strong theme running through it. I don't it. remember it because I think I only, I watched it when it came out. Maybe I have to rewatch that. There's that. I, the, um, Who composed the music, you know? Um, that was... Oh, shoot. I can't believe I don't remember. Was it Howard? Um, Howard Shore? Yeah. I don't remember. Because I know he did it for some other M. Night Shyamalan movie. I can't remember which one. I I always like... Um, I do like Michael Giacchino a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he almost... And I think it started the Lost themes. Mm-hmm. Like the themes in Lost, and they don't usually do that in a TV show as much, but they really like... They really used the music mm-hmm. in Lost. And it it made the show so much more emotional yeah. to me. Um, so I I really fell in love with his work there. And then he's just done other stuff that you makes you, makes you cry. It just like, and I think notice. that's what music sh- like. I don't like when scores try to tell you what to feel in the sense of like, <clears throat> I think a lot of times that's like in, in bad movies or, or bad composers force something on you. Mm. Like it should complement what's going on already, yeah. you know what I mean? And just make it stronger. But it shouldn't be like, okay, you're supposed to yeah. feel tension now or yeah. whatever. Like, that's just like bad. Like, and sometimes also as a composer, that's what we learned in film school is also like, sometimes it's good to know when not to play any music. Yeah. Um, I learned that in like, just in my, in my short films too. I don't have music the whole time. And Solitary was kind of interesting because like I had a theme song for the movie but then also I had themes for specific characters, yeah. essentially. Um, Intrusive was one where I had the least music because it was more like sound design and weird stuff. And I, that was on purpose. I only have music in the beginning and at the very end, but uh, kind of to bookend it. But other than that, it was mainly like sound design, which was fun too. Um, I don't know. But again, like I know a lot of composers and they they jump from movie to movie to movie to movie and it seems like that is just common in this industry Mm -hmm. like you really like no matter which discipline you choose it can become a grind and yeah and there are days where it will just be a grind there's a there's a lot of times where there are auditions i just don't want to do right and um it's not because i'm not grateful or anything like that it's just like this is just part of Mm -hmm. it's not glitz and glamour every day and and yeah. so how do you put in hard work and show up and as much as i like don't like those auditions i don't want to do i always learn something from right it. yeah for there's, sure. there's always something to be gleaned from it yeah. and hopefully you get a little bit stronger i think i'd rather make <clears throat> i was talking to a friend about that because somebody asked me if i would like you know i have this project that i want to work on right now that's what i want to do and then somebody already asked me about another movie but it seems like a step down from what i'm doing right now mm. and i'm like I, I don't need it's not quantity for me i really want to yeah. care and 
actually i am already working on the one that i want to do after this um so i'm like no i'd rather do a movie every two years than doing one every six months or something like that you know like and even that i mean sounds like a lot but i want to enjoy it too and i want to care about it. like that's the thing too i want to like all the projects i work on i care about you yeah know? and i don't want it to be like a mass production <laughs> in a way like it works for some people i think but yeah. it's that's so not my way of no being. i want to yeah i want to enjoy the process i want to enjoy because i care like honestly i see every like for some people that are like that know me for my music they're like oh you also make films and then they're like oh you also do 3d art but to me it doesn't seem that weird because it's all one thing it's one yeah. big thing you yeah. know like to me it's i mean yeah i get it like not a lot of people do so many different things but i don't do them for the credit or whatever but because i genuinely enjoy them and they're part of me in a way and uh i don't know it's because i don't even see it as like i'm doing so many different things I mean, it's just one big thing and, yeah uh, and they also kind of have like a i don't know there is kind of a certain style in everything i do you know so i guess it makes sense when people understand that this is all one person it mm -hmm. all kind of pieces together i don't know what do you want the world to know? What do you want to tell the world? What do I want to tell the world? That I think I would want to tell them that there's hope that may not be where you're looking for it. It's probably not where you're looking for it. Mm -hmm. That's how it, that's how it's been in my life anyway. Mm -hmm. I like that. I don't know where that came from, but it feels like the thing. If you could. I hope this is just a ridiculous question. It's the most ridiculous question. But also, it's something you really need to think about. If you could sweat one liquid for the rest of your this life, really good. which one would it be? Okay, my, Im immediately I'm thinking something not sticky because that would make me insane. Mm -hmm. I would almost say gas by the prices, but then you smell like gas the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd knock yourself out mm -hmm. immediately. Um, there's just so many that, I mean, water is just the most practical choice. I, I would go with water. I know that's I super boring. I would probably go with water. But I though. can't be sticky. And not smelly. And not smelly. Yeah. Okay, we, we will sweat water for the rest of our lives. I mean, olive oil seems like a choice too, but then you'd be oily. All the time. Oil the time. Oil the time? <laughs> All right. I think with that bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I'm going to inhale the last bit of helium and uh, wrap up this episode. You're really going to? Fuck yeah. Here he goes. He's going in on it. What? Okay. Thank you so much for coming to the Polluted so Minds podcast. Thank you guys for watching. Kristen, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you. My pleasure is mine. Um, thank you guys for watching. Uh, shit, you're not watching. They could do. They could be watching. Thank you guys for listening. This was another episode. And yeah. Bye. Bye. Polluted Minds podcast.